0: Strava Craft Coffee is gifting five $1,000 gift certificates to their online store, this week only. You have to get on it this week and order some Strava Craft Coffee. Super easy, just like you normally do. You can go onto their website and use that DNVR20 code to get 20% off your entire purchase. And at the same time, you'll automatically be entered to win that $1,000 gift certificate to StravaCraftCoffee.com. It's your chance to have all the Strava Craft in the world that you could possibly need. So it's great. Highly recommend it. Get on it while you can. Treat yourself to some fresh roast. You can also get it in K-Cups for your Keurig if that's the type of coffee you like to brew. Every 24-hour period is how they're giving them away. So one every day. They've already given away one of these $1,000 gift cards. So get in on your next opportunity from the 27th, which was yesterday through May 1st. $1,000 gift certificate Every single day to a random customer who ordered that day, and the gift cards are even valid through twenty twenty five so even if you only order occasionally, you can cover your next five years of Stravacraft coffee with one of these thousand dollar gift certificates. Get your golden ticket and don't forget to use that dnVR20 code
1: It's not expensive you can just straight remove yep oh, coffee covered for the next five years easy, easy money basically and Cole
0: gets another good righty and another right by Cole a left by Cole this time tipped in front by Mika Rantanen he shoots and scars Nathan McKinnon called J.T. Comfort 877 goes now Gabriel Landeskog collective hugs 29 and 92 Same by Drew Bauer move over Picasso This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, with over a thousand different varieties of beer to try, including my favorite Breckenridge Brewery. They have both pickup and delivery from either of their locations, so get on that while you can. I'm Nathan Rudolph, he's AJ Hayfley. We are here to talk a little bit of house cleaning for the ABS as There is going to be a lot to do for them this offseason, whenever the official offseason may begin. They have a lot of contracts to weed through and sign or not sign and, and make decisions on, so we'll jump into that, but first... There has been a little bit of news, as we talked about yesterday, the CHL-NHL agreement has officially been extended for one year, so all of that talk yesterday is now essentially official, with nothing like Bowen Byram going to the AHL or anything like that. And also, as tweeted by Chris Johnston, it is expected that the NHL will extend their quarantine period through mid-May, so... At minimum, players will not be getting back on the ice in groups and practicing until May 15th, continuing to push that date back for a potential return.
1: Not unexpected, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, talked about it yesterday. um, All of this is kind of status quo for right now. Yep.
0: Pretty, honestly, if we're going to get into that, even May 15th seems a little bit, optimistic ambitious yeah so would not be surprised to see that date continue
1: to get pushed back as we'll see we'll see there are a handful of states including colorado that are slowly uh trying to get back into the groove yeah so we'll they're kind of the test subjects we'll see how it goes in places like georgia and texas tennessee colorado hope for the best i suppose yeah, always hope for the best. So,
0: things go well. Who knows? Maybe somewhere in June we could see hockey returning. But until we get there, we have the Avs lineup to look at here. And let me actually count the total. They have 3, 6, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 expiring contracts, if you include all of their Guys in the minors on NHL deals, so it's not too bad.
1: Remember last year they had like thirty. Yeah, it was absurd. They had it was literally half the organization that they had to make decisions on. They had something like sixteen
0: signed players for a hot second there,
1: <laughs> but yeah. um, and it was funny because everybody was laughing at Ottawa, like oh, Ottawa only has like fourteen guys yeah. who are under contract next year. I was like, yeah, so do the ads. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, like this is. Guys, this is how it goes when you're a super young team and you're going year by year. And you have a bunch of RFAs every year, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like this, this is just this is what it looks like.
0: So let's start with some of those minor guys. Uh the quickest converse well, maybe not the quickest conversation, but maybe the most interesting of the minor league guys is what to do about the AHL goaltending situation. Antoine Bibo is a unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. Hunter Miska is an RFA who arguably has done the most to earn the job, but you also have Michael Hutchinson as a UFA that at the end of this season was a backup in the NHL for the Avs because of Grubauer's injury. Is it as easy as just letting the UFAs walk and extending Miska here? Cost them Callie Rosen and And AJ blinked out.
1: So then you're back.
0: What did it cost them?
1: One, it cost them Nick Melosh and and Callie Rosen to get one NHL game out of both Bebo and Hutchinson, and like what, like two AHL games out of Bebo? It wasn't many because of the injury. Yeah, (laughs)
0: AJ's AJ's face says it all on that one. They were two wins, though, to be fair, in the NHL.
1: Yep. And like the Hutchinson one, obviously, like that's a unique situation. We are like, hey, we're just. Our goalies are falling apart, yeah. We're just playing the safe at the deadline. Like we're being ultra safe at the deadline. So, okay, great. The Bebo one was, hey, we ignored this all summer and know it. And now we have to give up an asset for it. Right. And then it was like, oh, by the way, like the, the two guys that you ended up playing with. Both came through for you for the Eagles. Yep. So you didn't need to do this in the first place. Yep. Uh, like I, Warner played an NHL game for you. He he, he played two of them for you. Shut made a forty save shutout in one of them. I <laughs> mean, and then got completely smoked in the yep, other one. Totally so bopped. But so it is what it is. The the point being that they they did a lot of work to accomplish very little at the position. I, Miska, Miska, and Werner would have been totally fine.
0: Is so? Would you just run the two of them next season as well? Then just give Miska whatever five hundred k guaranteed in the minors or something.
1: Yeah, I would totally just run it back. I mean, Miska is only twenty four years old, so this isn't like yeah, you know, this isn't like the 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 Jeremy Smith, right? Like this is not an AHL veteran. This is a guy that. Just a couple of years ago, was in college, so I would, I, I I would write it out. I would just see how this goes. He's twenty four. Uh, he got better as the year went on. He was very good for the Eagles. Took that job, and hey, let's let's see if this is just another one of their pro scouting finds where they they nail this one. What are you just tandeming them then, Werner and Miska? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm
0: yeah. I'd be pretty no comfortable respect. with that. Yeah.
1: I expect one of them to separate at some point point. Right, and would, whenever that happens, that guy kind of gets the, the the lion's share of the starts, but not not so heavily, like not, you know, not heavily tilted towards one guy, but close to a 50-50 split. Uh, maybe like a 55 uh, 45 percentage split. Yeah. I I think that's
0: the easy decision. I don't why complicate things if you're the abs. You have your two AHL goalies right there. Just be done with it. Um, there's no reason not to qualify Miska. It, at this point, it appears like nothing crazy like Anand coming over early or anything is going to happen. So
1: right. So there's no there's no reason for them not to and then just cut bait with both Hutchinson and Bebo and move on. Yep. There's no point. It was poor asset management. They don't need to double down on it just to try and prove a point. Just move on. And if they were to bring like a Bevo back, I don't know. Because then one of your guys is going to the ECHL. And I don't hate that because we've talked before about how goaltenders in the ECHL, that can be a valuable thing for them because they just need to play. It's not like a death sentence like it is for other positions. But I, I think that, I mean... I mean, the problem there is there's a case to be made for both Werner and Misket to be better goalies than Bebo is today. Exactly. And it's like, you're going to bring people back and send him to the ECHL? Is he right. going to come back for that? Like, right. You're going to bring him back and, and you tell all three, hey, good luck in preseason? You've got two weeks to figure it out, and then, you know, one of you guys is going to Utah for the to play for the Grizzlies. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I would not be sold on that idea either. If they,
0: you can go out and get a fifth goalie for the ECHL team if you want to and do that, but the two that are with the team now that you decide to stick with, which we're assuming it's Werner and Miska. Should probably be the AHL guys. Um, yeah, the AHL defense is extremely straightforward. The only expiring contract is Mark Alt, who is a unrestricted free agent. I think the writing was very clearly on the wall when they extended Jacob McDonald on that one. Yeah. So. Yep.
1: Yeah, they've got uh, they've got Timmins expected to be back and competing. Uh, McDonald, Lindholm, Renouf, all under contract. Those guys will all be back. Josh Anderson, somewhere in that mix. Yep. Uh, those guys are, you know, that's fine. I totally expect them to sign another Dan Renouf, Mark Alt, Jacob McDonald type. But those dudes are pretty McDonald's interchangeable. Yeah. I, yeah. The if only they thing is. want to is- get a guy that's like 25 instead of 28 fine the only thing is alt was the captain but yeah
0: you kind of can see how that would just end up being mcdonald's Mm -hmm. next year to be honest
1: well you know how the ahl is they rotate the captain pretty frequently it goes fast for sure
0: yeah uh so that's pretty straightforward there are however four ahl forwards that we need to talk about uh Logan O'Connor, pretty straightforward. Expect an extension there as he can continue to be that kind of 14th injury call-up type
1: of player for the Avs. 23 years old, no reason to no reason to do anything. Just just keep letting that go. The
0: other ones are a little bit different. Jason Megna is a UFA at the end of the year. I We've talked about this a lot, how the Avs gave him more opportunity than was necessary in the NHL, and their penchant for stacking veterans in the AHL has caused them some issues in development at times, so it seems like it would be easy to let Magna go there and perhaps give opportunity to a prospect.
1: The thing is, if they let Magna go, they're going to replace Magna with another Magna, so... It doesn't really matter, like, if what his name is. The sure. That that, that veteran slot will be replaced by somebody. It, you're probably right,
0: but it seems like you could just... They're hanging on to Tynan anyway with his deal. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be easy to just slot in a Ty Lewis into a slot like that? Or... Yes. And, I mean, ultimately, you're going to give more opportunity to, like, a
1: Henry or something in the lineup to fill in Meghna's spot, but... Yeah, well, and you can also cut down on the AHL contracts. Yeah, the Ryan Wagner and Eric Condra deals. Yep, they could they could cut down on those, but they like those. They very clearly like those, and they value those veterans. Fine, I I don't care if there's one or two of these veterans uh, in the lineup every right. year. There's there, a couple of like like a Tynan and a Megna.
0: There should it's, be a couple. Yeah, four or five. Or right. Five. You're hey when half your forward core is guys twenty seven and up. Yeah. you're not developing anything.
1: Right. And that's that's where uh, if and if you're going to have them on NHL deals, like if you're going to have a Megna and a in, fine, then chill out on these AHL contracts. Like just no no need for that. Yeah. You got to uh, make some decisions for sure. I would let Megna go, but I fully expect that a different Megna will take his place. Probably realistic. Then you get into two curious
0: ones. Both of these players are RFAs in Sheldon dries and A.J. Greer. The Greer situation is what it is. The organization and him just don't seem to work together for various reasons. Is there even a QO going there? And then dries had his chance in the NHL, not this season but last, had a couple of opportunities to be a warm body this year, but is now 26, and his role is quickly being replaced by, say, a Logan
1: O'Connor. Uh Yeah, um, I would I would give both qualifying offers if they I would have conversations with them and say, hey, what you guys just did is what you guys are going to do again. Yeah, uh, if you want more opportunity somewhere else and you think you can get it, then we won't give you a qualifying offer and good luck. Uh, otherwise, that's what I would do. I would. I would just let uh, I would bring them both back and. That's just organizational depth for you. If you need to get into 15, 16, 17 forwards, those are guys that you're comfortable calling up and seeing what they have. And not even really seeing what they have. I guess you pretty much know already. You're pretty comfortable with who they are. There's no you know, there's no mystery there. I can and see that
0: with Dries a little bit. Um, it's just AJ Greer's. Twenty what, 23 years old still? He's, he is. He's young enough from that perspective of it, yeah, but...
1: Just turned 23 the, too, so... The
0: organization seemed to make it clear that they were just not going to call him up this season, no matter what. Right. So.
1: I mean, they called him up and then sent him right back down. He never appeared for the Avs, right. but I'm, I, I mean, if he's going to be a good Eagles player, this is... You count him as one of those veterans that you have. You know, instead of going out and sure. getting a Jason Magna, be like, well, we have Adrian Rourke. Fair the, enough. The, the league, the league has had four shots at him on waivers in his career, something like that. Nobody has claimed him, so I don't think that there is going to be a lot of uh, a lot of banging down the door there. Uh, just dude, uh, there's there's value in keeping him and just letting him continue to do his thing. If they have a conversation with him and he says, "Hey, I really don't think this is working. I want an opportunity elsewhere," I would not qualify him and let him go because there's obviously not value um in in terms of like a trade or anything like that anywhere and just let the guy go like if you're going to be a player friendly organization when when a guy wants an or when when a guy wants an opportunity elsewhere and it's not like a valuable trade asset let him go yeah. get it
0: it's fine the reality of a greer is outside of the long shot of him finding something that convinces the abs he can play in the nhl is he's yeah. pretty replaceable but having him be the guy in the organization that they already
1: know who he is at the AHL level is fine. I agree with that. Yeah. And that would be, he's a good player. He's a top six guy for the Eagles and he's really well liked in Loveland. There's there's reasons to bring him back. It's you're not viewing him as a meaningful part of your NHL team anymore, but not all of these guys. I mean, Travis Barron is still on and is still on his ELC and you're not looking at him as that kind of guy. Like, not all these guys for the Eagles are real prospects. They're not meaningful prospects anymore. Yeah. Some of these guys you're just looking at as these guys could be long-time Eagles if they wanted to be. And A.J. Greer could certainly, if he's comfortable with that, just give him a qualifying offer, give him $300,000 to do his thing and be one of your top six guys in the AHL. It's fine. Same thing with Sheldon drives. If they want, and Sheldon drives 26. So – uh, just a little bit different where you're not, you know, again, you're looking at a little bit of an older guy taking a longer path. But had a had a much better year for the Eagles than the year before where he didn't play very much down there, was hurt, and then spent a lot of time with the abs. It's fine. He's a solid pro. Again, like, these guys were good for them. This was a good Eagles team, so if you bring most of them back, that's fine. Yeah.
0: Those three are fine, as long as you're not adding an Agazino on top of that, and then another AHL vet, and then something else, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm bringing those guys back and let them be the vets. If your vets are now 23, 24 years old, that's much better than 28. 29. Yep. Agreed. So that's kind well, of the. That's what they'll do. They've been pretty consistent in this in this regard for a number of years now. So. I have yep. no confidence that they're gonna they're gonna agree with us on this, and I, they're just gonna continue doing what they're
0: doing. I expect at least one, and probably two new AHL veterans on NHL deals, if not a third yeah. even. So, and then AHL contracts. As yeah, well, so. I, yeah, there'll be a, another Condra and whoever. But yep. Um, so that's the Avs kind of depth outlook. There's nothing too crazy going on there. Mostly just qualifying offers for RFA's and. And letting the UFAs walk, pretty straightforward, but we'll jump into our first period intermission here as it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I can tell you there are many moments where the Avs development system makes me want to take a drink of a Breck brew and, and do the same face that AJ is doing right there. So, it's... It can be a struggle, but Breckenridge Brew helps me through with their 15-can sampler pack, which you can get from their farmhouse or also order through a delivery app like Drizzly, hook you up with your Breck beer, whether it be your Strawberry Sky, your Vanilla Porter, your Colorado Avalanche, Amber Ale, all great choices as well as many others that they have. So if you haven't tried Breckenridge Brewery yet, uh, maybe you've been living under a rock or something, now is as good a time as any to give them a shot. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Ruto and AJ. This is where we get into the NHL roster a little bit. Um, For now, the goaltender position is secure. They could technically extend Grubauer on July 1st, but he does have one more year of his deal through 2020-21. Would you do it? Right now, honestly?
1: No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I, I mean, what would you sign him to? What would you right? what would you sign him to that would also make sense for him? Kind of just because like, oh hey, I'll sign him to a three year deal at two million dollars. Like, yeah, sure. If you want to get a guy on a insanely team friendly deal, then why not? But, right. But it wouldn't make any sense for him. Why would he say yes to that? Exactly. <laughs> right. So I don't know that there's a contract that makes sense for both sides uh, in that situation, just given how his two years in Colorado have gone.
0: Yep. Uh, next up real quick, cause we kind of just go off the people that were on the injured reserve first. Colin Wilson is a UFA at the end of the year. AJ and I, I think both agree that he should not be extended just given on what the abs have. Uh, piece up on the DNVR right now, a round table of us and Evan talking about how and why Wilson kind of got pushed out of the lineup. Yeah, you guys said no, I said yes. Yeah, so. you said yes. I, I, I said he would factor. It was right. like the most tentative yes ever, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a very like conditional, like, hey, this is, like, the guy's been good when he's been healthy. There have been several months off There's not, like, a rhythm with this roster anymore you're coming back uh and we'll see what happens. But I, when it comes to bringing him back, no. Yeah. I just, it, it made sense last year as a stopgap, as like a, well, you know, can't necessarily get anything better. Worried about him going somewhere else on July 1st. He was good for you. You have a lot of questions, a lot of holes still. A lot of that has been answered. uh, And that job is just straight up gone now. So I'm, um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure too. That, that
0: that job was probably gone already, and then Martin Kout had the very good call up that yeah. he did, and it was like, okay, it's there's true. just no way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's definitely it's definitely true that that I think the job was gone before Kout. I agree, but. And then. That was the final nail, basically. Yeah. When when Kout showed up and was like, "Oh hey, I'm also good," it was just like, "This is just we they do." There's not too many need this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, this is this is not like with Nachushkin last summer where they brought him in and it was like, okay, this is like your 13th or 14th guy, and now what? Like, this is like Colin Wilson would legit be like their 16th or 17th guy at this point.
0: Yep. Just too much depth, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that one pretty straightforward. You get into the defense, and first of all, Barbario and Kanahton, Realistically, neither expected to come back, or do you think maybe one is like an eighth or eighth D or something like that?
1: I would be interested in bringing Kanaten back. I, uh, let me say this I'd be interested in bringing one of them back. Okay, don't have a, I don't, I, I mean, I, I will tell you, I've always had and I've always been open about my love of Barb's the person, a great guy, love talking to him, so I'm always kind of on his side um but from a from an objective just roster standpoint um i would only bring one of them back because i do think that there's valuable depth there um but i would bring that guy back under the expectation that one he takes a significant pay cut yeah um neither one of them need to be making a million dollars at all uh and then also that the likeliest scenario has them in the AHL to start the year. Yeah.
0: I, they could run eight D in the NHL
1: I suppose, but they usually I don't like expect to,
0: that they will. Yeah, they like to keep that run 22 and have an open spot a lot of the time.
1: Exactly. They've they've abused their the Eagles being right down the road to the point where it's like we now can just plan for them to go short on their bench. Yep. So I think that's a, a fairly
0: reasonable expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, so, the cut AH, one apart in Yeah, the AHL defense is not exactly crowded with prospects. It's pretty much just Timmins. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I'd love to put Josh Anderson on that list, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, the guy spent two years in Utah. Well, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. So there'd be room to put him in the AHL. No big deal there. Um, the Interesting ones, and we'll have to kind of go with the flow and and chop things up a little bit here because RFA's Ryan Graves and Nikita Zadorov. Uh, Graves expected to be extended, expected to be on the team next season. Yeah, what
1: what would you give him? Yeah,
0: that's that's the question. Um, I mean, what does he take as well? I'd I'd love to get him at like uh, two years at like a million five or something but I think realistically you might
1: have to push that up closer to two. Yeah. I would go two by two. Yeah. And I would be fine with that. Yep. I think, I I mean, you want to reward the guy. And so he's going to get at least probably a million five. Yeah. And that he's 24 years old. He's been great in your room. He's a model of your development system right now. Like he's, He's kind of like your a bright, shiny light of optimism in a lot of different areas. Yep. You want to reward him. You want to be smart about it. Um. He realistically, I mean, the guy, the guy anchored next to Kale McCarr most of the season. Yeah. Whether or not we expect that to continue next year, I it doesn't really matter. That's where he was this year. Yeah, it's just um, you know, I mean. He, probably takes Nikita Zadorov's job realistically on, you know, moving forward. He's, he's come in and the fact that he's cheaper than Z will certainly help him. Cheaper and a year younger, more productive offensively, more reliable defensively, and doesn't have the same penalty issues and provides some of the same physicality. Not quite the same level, but some of it. If the season wasn't cut short, this was a dude who was going to have a 10 goal season
0: as a defenseman.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean... It's one year, granted, but... <clears throat> we put him often in kind of that Nick Holden box. Yes, yes. And I think that's... I think it's fair. I think it's appropriate contract-wise. Um, what? If you if you account for inflation and all that, it's, it's the, the the equivalent of what they gave Holden after his breakout in Colorado is a 1.9 million dollar deal. So, yeah. So that's two, my million, guess. 2
0: million. Yeah. <laughs> 2 million basically. That's what I
1: would do with grades.
0: Sounds good to me. Obviously, the curious one is Nikita Zadorov, will he even be here? Um the assumption Certainly is Certainly give him the the QO. Yeah, that that's very straightforward. You give the QO just to retain his rights and then you can move him or or sign him or do whatever after that. In a world, let's just for a moment take a world where he is on the abs. Sounds like a movie trailer. Yeah.
1: In a world
0: where Nikita Zadorov is on the (laughs) avalanche. And Mark Shifley needs to be destroyed. Right. Uh, Poor Mark Shifley. (laughs) Uh, Every time somebody
1: says Nikita Zadorov's name somewhere, he just shudders. Yeah.
0: Rumor has it if you say it 3 times in the mirror you can see Shifley getting blown up or something.
1: <laughs> That's right. He he will full blown like just like wake up from wherever he is like where is he? <laughs> but
0: what do you, what does that deal look like? Like crazy world, let's say the Avs somehow decide to move out Ian Cole instead of Zadorov. Mhm. What does that Zadorov deal
1: look like on the Avs? He still has two years of RFA left. Yep. And that's hard to believe, given it feels like he's been here for a thousand years. But he's still got, he still has the RFA eligibility. I would just do exactly what they did last year. I would give him a one-year deal. I'd give him a nominal raise. I'd, I'd go at $3.4 million and... and just put it off for a year, essentially? Exactly. See how Bowen Byram does? See what happens with Connor Timmons? See what happens with Zadorov. Is Zadorov the same exact guy that we kind of have come to expect? And if he is, then okay. Then you really are just—is Byron ready? Is Timmins ready? Are those guys taking that job? Like, where it's you know what's more valuable, and then move him next summer. Like you, in 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 the world that we're living in, where they trade Cole um, and and keep Z. You know, or certainly Z the cheaper option by about a million dollars, then okay. Essentially what you're saying is all signs point to he gone. He, I really, we've identified him long, identified him as the likely odd man out for, for a yep. myriad of reasons that yep. he's a, he's an expensive third pairing defenseman who hasn't really taken a step forward and um, is just sort of is who he is right now. And they're paying, the Ryan Graves development really did, I think, was the, the nail in the Zadorov coffin. Otherwise, there was plenty. I think there were plenty of good, solid reasons to keep him around, but with Graves kind of ascending. I mean, Graves yeah. younger, cheaper, more reliable. The don't development don't
0: of Ryan Graves and the lack of Zadorov's own development of his issues yeah. just combined into this situation, basically. And.
1: Right. And even if even if you have a reasonable expectation that Ryan Graves doesn't quite repeat this year because I don't expect that to happen. Same. Yeah. I ex- I expect say 80% of this season is what we get out of Ryan Graves well, if, next year. If he regularly. hits regularly 20 to 25 points again next year, I'll be ecstatic. Like right. And well and then really just consistently plays the way that he does. Yep. Like smart defensively, good, you know, just plays the smart game that he does, then because he has to, he has to play a smart game because there are obvious physical limitations, uh, his foot, his foot speed, it's and just not there, yeah, and his like raw ability are are very NHL borderline, and his intelligence is what has gotten him to where he is, and that's what has to be the the area that continues to carry him. Basically, and, the
0: exact opposite of Zadorov.
1: <laughs> He it, it, it really is. It really is. Where all of the physical ability is there for, for Zadorov. I mean, the guy is a very good skater for a man his size and is is a punishing hitter and has a reputation where guys guys do respect him in a certain way that they don't respect Graves when it comes to coming through the neutral zone. But the problems that Zadorov has continued to have in his own zone and uh, the fact that he's a less effective defender than Sam Gerrard in front of his own net is inexcusable. Yeah. Straight up. It just hasn't, it hasn't developed and it just, if it hasn't developed in what what is he now? 360 some odd games or something like that. Like it, at what, at what point do you stop saying, Oh, well, he's young. He'll get there. It takes time for defense. I mean, he's 25. five. has been in the NHL for what? Four or five years now. Like, yeah. um the clock has
0: i don't know if it struck midnight but it's 11:59 <laughs> yeah
1: i don't i i always feel like i'm i'm i come across as such like as a doorbop hater but it's just i think just realistic i waited and i waited and i waited this is his fifth year with the organization this is his fourth like full season in in colorado and there were some steps for he had seven goals in each of the last couple of years Where it was like, hey, if he's going to start to utilize that big shot from the point and he's going to really embrace the physicality, like he could have easily carved out this niche as a unique guy. And then he took steps back in every aspect this year. Every single one of them. He took big old steps backwards. And it was just, it's just disappointing to see. And then that's why he. Kind of put himself that combined with Graves's ascension Is why he's sort of the odd man out right now Yeah, I- And it sucks man It sucks because you wanted that guy to succeed You wanted him to be a difference maker with the physicality We talk about that Shifley hit But that game was a game that really It showed how he could change games With his hit If he played to his ceiling, right Right. That was the very best of Nikita Zadorov in one game. He changed that game, the entire dynamic of that game, because he just wouldn't stop rocking the Jets' top line. He 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 rocked Shifley twice. He smoked poor little Andrew Kopp, and he blew up Blake Wheeler once. Like, that entire top line, he just went one by one. Like, he had a hit list, and he did it twice to Shifley. And they, you know, the Jets finally freaked out and were like, we're done. And Zodorov got kicked out of that game because the officials thought that they had, that he had killed a man. And they didn't know what to do, and they handled it really poorly. And we all kind of forget that in the aftermath because it was such an awesome bit. <laughs> but like he that was that was like he could be a dominant defender, and instead he's just marginal. It just hasn't – it just has not translated. It hasn't, but that's the defensive list, and
0: if you're trying to be on that Ryan Graves-level high intelligence – MSU Denver Online is the college for you to fire up on your skills, whether you're a first-time freshman who is looking for a situation where you can learn skills that can be directly translated to the workforce. They have teachers that come in from the workforce and teach real life skills, not in the classroom. For existing students, it's a great place to Get to and get done your degree, whatever field it may be in, as they have over 40 different programs that can be completed both online and in the classroom. Either way, whatever fits your schedule. For anyone, whether you be a returning adult or a student transferring schools. And just in general, they are extremely easy and quick to get into with over 750 online classes and extreme flexibility. They even have a program that will give you credits for workplace if you have proof of workplace environment work. It's an awesome school, one that I went to. So msudenver.edu online should check out all of their programs and classes and find the one that is right for you. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidsons with AJ and Ruto. So now we finally move into the forwards, and this is where the Avs are going to give out some more significant contracts. Let's start with the two... Well, we'll say three smallest ones, Kamenev, <laughs> do you even q o him? I would not okay, I'm with you on that. it as we said, there's already no room for Colin Wilson. Mm-hmm. Kamenev had his opportunity and straight up got beat out for a job essentially by this next guy in Valnachushkin,
1: yeah, and you know, Kamenev, you can't really make an an argument against, uh, like, oh, he never got the opportunity. You know, he played 38 games this year. Yep. Like, and I think coming into the season, had you told me he was going to play 38 games, I'd have been surprised. Well, and he
0: got in. In his first couple of games, he picked up a couple of points, and it was like, okay, maybe there's something here if he can stay healthy, and then it just dropped off.
1: I think... And well, and at the end, they were having to play him because yeah. they just were they were too injured. Everyone was broken, yeah. But he was playing so poorly that his ice time was just a crater for like a week and a half or two
0: weeks in a row. He was their worst player on the ice every night, and it was
1: bad, man. Yeah. Like it was, it was one where you are like, oh, this is really not good. This is, this is not what we were hoping to see from this guy at all and and the ice time just it just wasn't there you know there 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 was never a stretch where he was like playing a lot but at the start of the year he was getting pretty consistent like 9 to 10 yeah you'd see him in the double digits yeah like you would see him break the double digits every once in a while but then if you go and you look at the end of the year if you look from Late February on when he really started to struggle. Six, five, I'm, six. Ex- yeah. Exactly. You're talking, it's, it's six, eight, six, seven, six, eight, almost 10, almost 10 in those last two games with the Kings and Rangers where they had lost everybody. Yep. And we're talking the fact that like O'Connor and, and Tynan and like Cout and like all these guys are up and he's still only getting 10. Yeah, tough Tough yeah, to I mean, really
0: find the room When the they just
1: aren't showing it, you know Yeah, um, averaged 8.59 of ice time this year And again, would have been higher But the he played so poorly at the end That well, and, it had to go lower Well, in Cout's <laughs> nine games, he averaged, what, 10.06 or something? It was a little over 10, yeah, yeah. So and he only had he only he only had, I think, one game under where it was like well under ten minutes. Yeah. And that was his very first game. And it very first game looked impressive, got more ice time. Yep. He did something with it too. For sure. And I mean, Cam had nine games and he scored two goals. And Kamenev had thirty eight games, and he scored one goal. They, Granted, he also had seven assists. Sure. But a couple I know a couple of those were uh on the power play where he was just like the only guy willing to shoot it <laughs> yeah well, and that uh second unit was just whoever is out there is out there, kind of it was the whoever's over. healthy got to play <laughs> yeah uh and and funny enough, one of those cabinet assists was to count uh, on the power yep, play yeah, I remember that but yeah, count second second goal, yeah, in, second Buffalo one. at home yeah because Kamenev was the guy who took the shot right yeah so anyway uh, he's I would let him go because we you just already you've already seen his value and like you know that uh, this just isn't really going to work he's unhappy he wants another opportunity I, as much as I'm saying no I would not be at all surprised if they qualified him yeah I, it wouldn't totally blow
0: me away either if they qualified him. I'd, there are maybe ways you can find value. You know, maybe a, a weaker side team is looking for a depth center or something, and yeah, you want to do like a a prospect change of scenery type of swap or something. But
1: yeah, or you know, you're just you're you would rather say, hey, our thirteenth forward or our our extra forward is a guy that we're comfortable with that is comfortable with us. He's also only 23, so we can hope that he gets better. Instead of going out and bringing in a 28, 29-year-old guy where you're just like, eh. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, is
0: Val Nichushkin? he's opening night roster lock, right, at this point? Yes. So he's going to get a pay increase. It's probably not going to be ridiculous, but mm-hmm. at 25 years old, do you take him to free agency here, a two-year deal or something like that? I personally
1: do not. Do you do uh, the one year? I, I give him one year. I've I've said all along because of the RFA, because he's got time. You give him one year. You give him a one-year deal, and you say, "Hey, this was this was great for us. This was you were a revelation. Your defensive metrics held up. You continued to be uh, a dominant forward defensively, and your offense pulled through. And you know, you really." Helped us out when we had bad injury issues, and chipped in. He had 27 points. Uh, he scored 13. He scored 13 goals this year. What though? Um, you know, like very much like, hey, this was a reclamation project that did well, but let's keep it like let, let's keep this in context. He had 27 points in 65 games. Okay, do it again for, though. <laughs> for reference. Everybody's favorite bust, Tyson Jost, had twenty three points in sixty seven games. So same caliber of area, which would, by the way, also an RFA,
0: Tyson Jost.
1: So. Right, and I know we're going to get to him, but like we're we're talking like the production is right in the same neighborhood. So while while we look at Nichushkin and say, oh, he was great and what a revelation, and oh, he took a big step forward, and of course you bring him back and you put him on the roster. It's funny that we view him that way, and then Tyson Jost. We have the conversations with that we do, but production-wise, they were right in the same cluster together. Um, the the, the and I disagree. The, the expectations for Jost being higher than they were both tenth overall picks. They're both young. They're basically the same dude. It's just that one is on his second organization. Yep. So. It's funny because their profiles are very, 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 very similar, but the the conversations surrounding them are so different. And with the just give him the one year deal, because I I would say if you're going to give Nachushkin a two year deal, then why not give Jost a two year deal, right? And I think both of those guys, it's easy. Give them a one year deal and let them grow and let them let them see what they do. Let them go out there and force your hand to 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 make you. Give them a multi-year deal. That's the beauty of the RFA system. You don't have to be in a hurry. So. There are some guys you want to be: Gerard McCar. You know, those are those are easy guys to be like. Oh, you know, they just paid Rantanen after his ELC. Very easy conversations with those guys. Give them as many years as they want. Give them a ton of money. You want them here. Those are core guys. How much do you pay him then? Because it probably might cost a little bit extra, especially for Nuke. To put him on a one-year deal, I would give Nuke probably two million dollars. Okay, I'd, if he would take two point five, that would be fine. If, if do what you got to do, yeah, yeah. If if Joost would take one point five, I would pay Joost one point five. I would pay Nuke two.
0: I agree with those numbers. The only thing is, I'd be okay with Jost for two years at one point five.
1: You have four years of RFA with Jost, and you don't with Nichushkin. right it, so if they right. were to do multi-years, they still have the RFA thing with Jost, and if that's what they wanted to do, that's fine. With Nachushkin, it's give him one, if he repeats it, then you're talking about giving him a three- or four-year deal. Right.
0: Dude. I With Nachushkin, if he repeats, he becomes that depth- your new Matt Nieto or, or whoever. You I guess Calvert would be expiring after that next year, so. Yeah. Whatever. He can become a solid bottom sixer for the organization that produces right. and whatever.
1: Yeah, and he he becomes part of like your your plans in the future yeah. and not just a fill in. We'll see how this goes this year. Um with Jost, I think we're, you know, we're still in that conversation of let's see. He he just turned 22, like, a couple weeks ago. Yep. I guess it was back in March, but whatever. He just turned 22. He's still super young. Uh, and we've seen different versions of him that make this a complicated conversation. For sure. It... When it comes to the contract, easy qualifying offer. I would give him a one-year deal. If they gave him a cheap two-year deal, What? Fine, yeah. It's fine. If they gave him, like, the Sven Andragetto two-year, $1.4 million, whatever. I'm, yep. Picking nits, not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, not a big deal there. Whatever. Um, it's the other ones that... Well... These are contracts that yeah. are going to be a lot more interesting. I mean, let's start
0: with Matt Nieto. This is one we've talked about in the past where it just seems like, given the Martins count, given the Avs depth, given the Rays Nieto is going to be due... He seems like an easy one to let go as he
1: is a UFA. Yeah. Um, this, this one is, again, through no fault of his own. He's making just a shade under $2 million right now. you um, you let, let him go out onto the market. And this is, this is kind of where Columbus was two years ago with Matt Calvert. Hey, we love you. You've been a great guy in our locker room great character guy. You've done everything we've asked, but we just have too many other young guys coming that we need to pay. And, you know, we're not going to give you the multi-year deal that you're going to be able to get on the market. So you should go do what's best for you. Go get paid somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And then Matt Nieto should go out and, and say, give me the Matt Calvert contract. Yep. And somebody should pay him that somebody should give him a shade under 3 million over a couple of years and let him go do a thing. He'll be that guy for them. He will be perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. Agreed. It, again, if the Evs wanted to bring him back in the, the immediate, they absolutely could. But when you look at things like extending Landis Gog down the line, dealing with the Grubauer contract, Makar, all yeah. of these other things adding up, it's an easy place to save some money.
1: If they, if they, if, if for whatever reason, Matt Nieto doesn't like money and he just wants to take a one-year deal for two million dollars fine yep whatever that's great for you um he's a ufa though this is his first shot at the market he's this coming is... off a very productive number of years he plays a valuable role right he's in his never prime. going to have, yep he's never going to have a better opportunity to, to go make out that and get money. Paid. yep yeah than than this and if you know his points have gone down each of the last 3 years but you're still talking about the same range um that 15 goal season he had the first full year in Colorado was never going to be repeated part of that was the fact that he had like four or five empty net goals that year but he's he's very consistent in who he is he was he was good in both of Colorado's playoff runs the last 2 seasons um He's been good in the playoffs previously for San Jose as well. This is a, a a great character guy and a guy that just finds a way, right? And a valuable guy definitely belongs in the NHL, should get paid. But if he wants a multi-year deal, then you have to let him go. Yeah.
0: That, I think that one's pretty straightforward. It's these next two that are incredibly interesting. Let's start yeah. with the new guy on the block. Vladimir Mesnikov, Avs traded for him. He absolutely killed it in the nine games or whatever it was he played for the Avs post-deadline. He's fit into the team extremely well, at least while they were beat up. Do you find room for this guy? Going forward, he is a UFA at the end of the year. He was paid three and a quarter million. Hard to gauge what he's going to ask for because the expectation was he was not going to make this same i guess really he was paid 4
1: million right but there was some salary retained and, exactly and that complicates it he was like he was coming off a 4 million dollar contract
0: right and you know 3 years ago when he put up 44 points in Tampa Bay he was worth 4 million but mm-hmm. he's followed that up with weaker seasons and then showed up in Colorado and, and balled out. So I, I really
1: struggle to gauge what he's going to ask for. So the it's interesting. We look at the 44 point season. He was playing next to Sancos that year. And you, you look at that production and you look at what he did in Colorado this year when he was playing next to Landis Gaga and McKinnon. So we know that he can be productive next to top talent. That's awesome. But yeah, <laughs> You're not paying him for that. Sure. In the same way that you didn't pay Donskoy to be a guy that you planned to put next to Nathan McKinnon. You paid him to be who he was, and then he ended up there and ended up producing in that role, and that's great. Yeah. Good. That's a that's just a good player for you. Uh, very versatile and fits their identity very fast and is in the prime of his career the issue is that he could probably realistically, Nemestikov could probably get a four-year deal worth a little over four million dollars. And now this is assuming like a normal market. I really don't know what the impact of all the craziness all of this yeah. going on is going to have on the UFA market. And that might create an opportunity for a guy like Nemestikov to take a cheaper one-year deal. And to take the one-year deal and and you know, for three and a half million and play (laughs) Winnicott. And, and then, you know, maybe, maybe he does get a top six job. Maybe he ends up somewhere in the top six with all those guys and he does produce. And that's, that would be great. We know that the abs have been after him for a long time. And so I think that there will be a temptation to keep him, especially because they got him. He got here and he fit so nicely into what that they, what they wanted to do. And he could play all over a lineup. He could play in your top on your top line. He could play on your third line. He'll still be a quality NHL player no matter what. He's not going to light it up, and I think that's where you have to be careful when it comes to paying him. Those are the guys you need to be careful with, and those are the guys that you expect, hey, this is a good player, but can we get something similar out of Martin Kelt for $900,000? Right. So... If the yeah, abs... It won't be year one that, well, that Nemesnikov's contract will be Right, issue. it's the end of It'll it. It'll be year three, year four.
0: Well, that's the thing with Nemesnikov's deal is if you are looking at keeping him, I think realistically the Avs would need to push very hard to be dangling one of Donskoy or Confer in the expansion draft.
1: Or Nemesnikov, yeah.
0: Or Nemesnikov. Of nice. One of the three, they should be begging Seattle to take, basically. Yeah. And depending on how the goalies go, yeah be uh, that's that's Nemesnikov's problem is they already have Donskoy and Confer as you can pick and choose your favorite and and who fills the role the best, but those are three guys that essentially do the same thing in that mm-hmm. when they need someone to jump up into the top six, it's one of them, mm-hmm. and you have Confer and Donskoy for the next four years already, so can you afford a third player like that in the lineup right?
1: And that's and that's where I think if if again, if there's because it's a weird market and he does a one year deal, no problem. Sure. But if you're gonna give him a multi year deal, you're gonna have to pay him probably in the neighborhood of four million dollars. Probably a little more.
0: Don makes three point nine for
1: reference. Right. So like right in that same and they're almost the same age and they do very similar things. Um it would be really tough to get him a lot cheaper than that. If he would do, if he would come in at 3.5 million at the comfort number, I'd be tempted, but you're still going to have to, you you are still having these conversations about getting good value out of the middle of your lineup because you're paying kind of a premium already for guys like Don's and comfort. And that's fine. You can handle those prices. On those guys you just don't want to continue to do it yeah because that that stuff will eat up your cap you go and you look at a team like uh the islanders that's a look at, straight up how you end up in cap hell is by doing a lot is. of those deals well and you you know casey zizekas and cal clutterbuck and you know all these all these like middle of the road guys for your roster That are chewing up three to four million dollars, and you end up with five of these guys, and you're like, "Oh my god!" All of a
0: sudden, you have twenty million tied up in a bunch of guys,
1: right? And and you're you 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 could easily be like, "I would definitely give up two of these contracts to combine them for one big player, star player, exactly."
0: Which leads us to our last player who was making 3.25 with the Avs this year on a one-year deal, is an RFA in Andre Burakovsky, who went off this year. He was everything the Avs hoped he could be. Yep. And realistically, a long-term deal, four or five years, whatever, lock up a couple of those UFA years with him, for me, is certainly on the table. I... We talked about this a long time ago, where I think we threw around the five and a half number. Mm-hmm. Honestly, for me, even if it was six and a half, I'd I'd be perfectly okay with it. You start talking about seven, and that feels pretty darn expensive. But I'm I'm a no go at six and a half. Um, yeah, dude. I I mean, so I I saw this coming. You're you've always been the. Not Burakovsky, man. Not I know well, you're happy with him, but
1: yeah, and and that's he was awesome this year. Um, but keep a couple of things here. Uh, he's already twenty five. Yes, that so this is not like a twenty two year old kid here. Where okay, yes, it, he's an RFA, but this is his last year of RFA, I believe.
0: Well, right, that's why I'm saying the longer term you lock up some of those prime ufa years but that's going to cost more
1: right and he he's coming off of a 20 goal season he had 45 points which is a career high in 58 games so had he stayed healthy had they played 82 games you know whatever he he would have been a 50 point guy which which would have been we all would have the day that trade was made if you could have told me he was going to score 20 goals and give you 50 points, every single person in Avs fandom, Avs land, would have been like, hell yes. Yep. Take it 10 Uh, times out of 10. Absolutely. Now, the question becomes, and kind of like with Natchushkin, can he repeat it? And it's a fair question. Uh,
0: I certainly think he's going to continue to be a more successful player than he was in Washington but Agreed. It, can he prove that he's a consistent 20 goal guy? Can he prove that 50 right. points is a regularity for him?
1: Well, this is this is really where my intrigue comes in is that the the goals, the him getting 20 goals is only an outlier in that he was not playing a ton in Washington and it was the one thing that we 100,000% expected him to do. Yep. When he got here, you and I both said if he gets X number of shots on goal, he'll hit 20 goals. It'll be a pretty easy thing. It won't be surprising. He can shoot a puck. He can, that is not a problem. He can do this one thing at a very high level, and he did that one thing at a high level. But 25 assists was also a career high, but also kind of stands out as an outlier because he's coming off of back-to-back years of 13 assists. And he, double, he basically doubled that this year. Can he continue to be
0: well rounded
1: and as productive overall in a in a role where maybe he's not next to McKinnon as long as he was this year.
0: Realistically in a healthy year where he spends the vast majority of it next to Cadry.
1: Or whoever the two C ends up being. In years three, New hook Whatever yeah, right. Of that contract Is he You know What What Does his production Look like I have full faith That he can repeat His 45 points This year And his 20 goals And that's where I say Hey If you want to give him 5 million dollars Fine See If I, you want to start Getting into the 6 million dollar range Then you're really Betting on him Being a 55 point guy 60 To
0: be honest i a million dollars per 10 points is, is the general line I go
1: by. Right. And, but that's, I mean, you're, you're still just, I mean, we're talking five point difference here. Sure. So, like, we, you know, you're talking a post here and an empty neck right. there, you know, whatever. But that's, that's the bet that you're making is that not only is this breakout this year for real, there's another breakout. I don't know if I'd call that a breakout. A uh, a 15 point jump from 45 into 60 and then betting that he can do that multiple times. I think it's it's not like a it's not the big leap that he took this year, but it's another step forward. I mean, 45 so points break out, in right.
0: 58 games in an 82 right. game season is a 63 point pace. Right. And yes, player with a history of not being able to stay healthy, that is a concern. And to the time yeah. he did spend with McKinnon this season. Realistically, there's going to be less of that.
1: So five full NHL seasons. I'm not counting that first 53 one because he spent time between yeah, the, HL and right, the NHL and the Right. So we'll just say five full NHL seasons, 70 games played twice.
0: Yep. But even, let's say he has a generally healthy year for himself and plays 75 games, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's a pace of... 58 points with this year's totals. So if he can continue producing like he did this season, even if, say, he spends a little bit less time with McKinnon, he's still pushing 55-ish points in a relatively
1: healthy year for him. Well, the the question becomes, what does the McKinnon, you know, what, what's the effect there? Sure. If, if he's a 58-point guy next to McKinnon, is he a 48-point guy away from him? Or is he a fifty-five point guy, and it's really just not that much, right? We don't know the answer to that, and I just don't know why you would pay. I don't know why you would pay the money like he would be a top guy. So if you get into the six and a half million, that's way too rich for my blood.
0: I mean, look, if he wants to take five and a half, great. Uh, I'm not going to say I, no,
1: but I would offer him. I would offer him the four year deal and. Uh, I would offer him a four-year deal at f- at f- at five million, and if he pushes it to five and a half, I would say yes. But I, I think going beyond that, I would struggle.
0: I certainly wouldn't think twice if he says I want six. I would do it.
1: And I, I would want more years at
0: six. I, uh, realistically, okay. my my thought was six and a half years for five, or six and a half million for five or six years for Burkowski. I wanted to lock up oh, his, his entire a, prime.
1: That's a really big bet. I dude, I have because faith in the kid. <laughs> Because if you're, if you're wrong, you have Louis Erickson, you have. Yeah. But you, he, know, Milan he's you, not, you end up with an albatross of a contract. The is what I'm saying. thing is
0: the difference there, first of all, he's nowhere near as old as Louie was when he signed that deal. Right. Uh, but I mean, he's a year, he's 25 right now. So a five-year uh, deal takes him to, to 30, 25, right? A five-year deal would take him to 30. I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, The six and a half may end up being a touch expensive at the end of that deal, but when you look at Burakovsky's underlying numbers, and this is why I'm so encouraged at him being away from McKinnon, is he is someone who is capable of driving
1: play. Yeah, he's always been good defensively.
0: Right. So uh, there is some reliability there where he's not being carried by these other guys, and... Especially, I think that can be extremely valuable, as you talked about, in the third and fourth years of his deal, where you get a very young, very raw Alex Newhook, or someone like that, as that 2C, and he can lean on Burakovsky a little bit if he needs to. And granted, you know, maybe the Avs go out and get Taylor Hall in the offseason, and then this is a completely different conversation, because there's that Taylor Hall guy there who's going to be vacuuming up points, but...
1: Well, and and you start to you, you. It's also fair to wonder that in four years, Burakovsky, does he take Landy's job? Uh, yeah, right. Because Landy he's would like be a, what thirty one. Wing. Yeah. So you know, you you do start to have that question when Landeskog, he's at twenty seven years old already. Yeah. Um, you know what? What do you expect that to look like down the road? I just. I just don't – I don't know if there's I, – I. it's a really big leap of faith is the thing. I, see, I don't think it's it, that as big look, of a leap as it, you think it is. If it pays off, you're fine.
0: I just don't – I think there's a lot less risk than you think there is risk in this. I think at worst, you're getting a 50-point player and you're overpaying him a bit. And at oh, best, at your value – definitely-
1: I definitely don't have faith that at worst I'm getting a fifty point player.
0: Barring serious injury, I'm I have faith that Burakovsky can be a fifty point player.
1: I feel like it's a very realistic scenario that you get a guy that gives you thirty five points in sixty two games and I don't
0: I don't I do not just, see that in the ABS system as a second line player I think he's a fifty point player. I I really do. Yeah. And, you know what, I'm willing to take the risk of if he breaks his wrists again then you deal with i
1: r and figure it out, but yeah i just I wouldn't go i wouldn't I don't even know that I would go that many years on him i I think I would want like a four or five year deal like max yeah i I just have more faith in burr than you i guess i don't I don't know that it's faith, I think it's probably just that I don't like giving out contracts that long to guys who are in the second half of their twenties unless they are franchise players or
0: um, I guess
1: see the, I see Burra as a core
0: member of this abs team going forward. So I'm I'm willing to
1: make that commitment. I, yeah, I, I'll say this in, in two years, if he scores more points than Landis I won't be surprised. All right.
0: Well, the chat is the chat is split as well. They don't want to pick one of us. They say it's a it's a fifty fifty toss up.
1: So, Bert- well, and this is I mean that's why you give him a four year deal at like five and a half million because it's sort of like the middle road between all of those, right? Again,
0: if that's what it ends up being, I'll be perfectly happy with it. But I'm yeah.
1: I'm willing to invest more in him. Boy, I would have a really hard time with a six year deal at any realistic cost like if it was like six years at like three million, they'd be like yeah 12 right <laughs> <laughs> you take that every single time but You're right. You're like, whatever i don't care <laughs> uh, but it's like that's why i say at any realistic cost you yeah. know six six and more, a half i would or... i would really struggle with a six-year deal at any at almost any price because that's that's ooh, man that's tough to do i I don't think it's that tough. I think you've locked up another top six piece for this entire cup window, if you've done because that. Because at a, at a six-year deal... So, here's the, other, here's, here's the other aspect of this, okay? The fourth year will be the first year of McKinnon's new deal. It will. So, that's also... That's... That's also one reason why I'm kind of iffy about going too deep into that, because if Burakovsky hasn't lived up to that, and then McKinnon doubles his salary, he'll probably more than double it. um then you know you want to be able to look at a new financial reality when McKinnon's a fifteen million dollar that's that that's the future's problem.
0: You get three years that's, of, and that's uh, totally fair. that's totally Go fair. win some cups with this core. If you have to down the line, dump some salary and give up a third or second round pick to do it or whatever, you got to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying like the difference between like a four and a six year deal is that year four would be the last year of his deal. And sure. you would have a better, you would know, like you'd know who he is and you'd be more comfortable and all that, whatever. And then you would also have the a, a better idea of what your financial landscape is because, you know, McKinnon and, and Landeskog and, and McCarr are all on those contracts that they'll be on. Um, and that'll also be the first year post Eric Johnson Um, Eric Johnson's current contract yeah. as it currently sits so that's another reason why I would probably err towards more of a four year deal than a six year deal and that's why this will end up in a five year deal <laughs> this is probably difference, yeah. like this is the conversation. This is how a negotiation will work. Exactly. And then they end up just splitting the difference and going, all right, well, five at 5.75. Yep. And everybody kind of just shrugs and goes, all right, well, that's a big Seems bet. fair. That's totally fair. Yep. It's a top six guy. He's going to give you 25 goals a year. Everybody's happy. Yep. So there you go. You heard it here first. We've solved the Andre <laughs>
0: Burakovsky contract.
1: Uh, I definitely but, am not messing around with anything short-term, though. Nothing no way. Nothing He's just making himself more money if you're giving just, him short-term, yeah. Just do this. So, um, yeah. I just, I, boy, yeah, okay. All right. So we came to some sort of a conclusion.
0: Uh, it's been a long one for the, all you quarantine listeners. I, I hope y'all enjoy the long ones as, I mean, let's face it, all I do is sit and listen to things like this during quarantine. So, well, and you and I just have these conversations like throughout
1: the day. Right. Anyway.
0: We're on discord, which by the way, check out the DNVR lounge. If you just want to talk to us about whatever hockey related. Yeah,
1: Seriously. Anybody that drops in there and is like, Oh, I'm going to talk about hockey today. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, so, it's all I do
0: all day. Time is- to pull up cat friendly and the tableau of whatever it is we're
1: talking about, yeah, like which, which discord server is talking the most today. Okay. Boom. That's yep. the one that I'm out in and the lounge, the lounge always gets preference because it's for subscribers only. So there you go. Just another reason to become
0: a member of DNVR, not to mention the WGT golf tournament we have this weekend, DNVRgolf.com to download WGT, uh, shoot us a message as well as sign up for the tournament link. I believe you go to d- DNVR or rather DNVR com. You will be sent to a page to sign up for the tournament with your account info and things like that. And we will get you in on the DNVR country club, which is amazing. And yeah, we're just having a ton of fun with it. Looking forward to the tournaments. Whoever's going to be the first, uh, DNVR tour champion this weekend should be a load of fun. Um, The WGT golf game is, is great. It's both, you can play on your PC and on mobile. So super easy to jump in and jump out of games and, and mess around with us. Drew's always on there looking for someone to uh, try and
1: beat in a skins game. I tell you, uh, Eric D line co has been talking some noise lately about his, uh, about his WGT skills. Thinks he's dirty. All right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm real curious to see how this first tourney goes this weekend when we get it all set up and uh, where he ends up finishing.
0: We'll have to see. I'm not expecting good scores for myself. I might need to go back to Q school, something like that. The tourney will be all day Sunday, Prof Nuggy. You can play Sunday night or Sunday day. I believe it's a 24-hour window. So you play your round any time on Sunday, and yeah. you will be good to go on that note, AJ and I are going to get out of here. Uh, thank you as always to everyone listening. Special thank you to the chat and all the live viewers. You can always find us on twitch.tv slash dnvr underscore sports. Whether it's us, the DNBA show is always on here as well as our watch-alongs. All of that. Until next time, have a good one. DNVR with and rudo DNVR